0: Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. Thank you so very, very much for making us a part of your Sunday morning. The mission of USA Wealth Group is to help you protect your family and protect your money. And nobody better to help us do that than Ray Lance. Good morning, Ray.
1: Good morning, Phil. Good Good morning, morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for your kind words and kind introduction. They're true. Well, we appreciate it anyways. It's always nice to hear, and it's nice to hear every week that more and more people are listening to this show. Yes,
0: absolutely. So
1: thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome and good morning. Today we're going to be talking about special planning for special kids. Kids, children, young adults who have special needs problems, and there are many of them, unfortunately, And the good news is that we have some phenomenal resources in our community to help take care of children with special needs. And this morning, we actually have three guests, so we have a very full show this morning. Uh, We have with us uh, Beatrice Oliveira, who is the Development and Marketing Manager for the Schwartz Center for Children. And I think everyone in this community has heard of the Schwartz Center. Uh, It's an amazing organization with about a 50-year history, I guess. So good morning, Beatrice. Yeah.
2: Good morning. Thank you so much for having us. Well, we're really thrilled appreciate to have it. you
1: here. It's, it's a great mission that you folks have. And we're going to talk a lot about the Schwartz Center this morning. We're going to talk about some of the fundraising activities. Oh, yes. And we have with us an expert fisherman mm-hmm. as well this morning. So whether your interest is children or whether you're interested is fishing, we have with us uh, Mr. Ray Jarvis who's the owner of Salt of the Earth. Good morning, Ray.
3: Good morning, everyone. Thanks for Good having morning. me this morning.
1: And you do a special program for the Schwartz Center to help arrange a special fish fundraising program. Mm.
3: Uh, well, yes, I'm part of the committee um, that helps organize the uh, fundraiser fishing tournament for the mm-hmm. Schwartz Center. Uh, it's fishing for a cause. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of that. Good. Well, this year. We're going to talk a lot more about that. And then
1: we have a little fisherman uh, sitting next to me here. Uh, I shouldn't say that. We have uh, my wife, attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny.
4: Good morning, everyone.
0: <laughs> and Tenny, Did you catch him in your net? Huh?
4: <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> Whoa, those many no, years ago. <laughs>
0: it was it was strictly a hook,
1: and, and and very little bait on the hook. I would add. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> well, no, never mind. We won't go there any further. We won't go into any more fishing analogies and talk about. Um, All of that. But uh, Teddy's going to be talking about such things as special needs trusts.
0: Oh, nice. Very because
1: good. one of the great concerns that people have is if they have a child who has special problems or, or special needs, how do you take care of that child, especially when the parents are gone? There are many community resources. We're going to be talking about that. But we also have to be very concerned about how are they taken care of financially. And most importantly, how are they being taken care of in a way that doesn't disturb or cut off their government benefits. Mm -hmm. So providing for children is very important. And Phil, um, you and I have a a Masonic background also. Yes, absolutely. And one of the Masonic organizations that I belong to, and I have Mm -hmm. for many years, is called the Shriners. Mm -hmm. And the Shriners is a very important organization across the country. In fact, across the world, for helping to take care of children with burns or cleft palate or orthopedic issues, And what the public doesn't know about the Shrine and the Shriners is that the care is free and you can get an evaluation if you have a child who has those kinds of issues. If there is insurance, they will take the insurance and apply that. But if you can't afford it and you have a child who has those kinds of issues, uh, definitely the Shrine can help also. But let's come back to the Schwartz Center. So Beatrice, uh, let me ask you, what do you do as development and marketing manager? What do you do for the Schwartz Center uh, in that capacity?
2: The uh, My main function is really community outreach, uh, letting people know what we do at the Schwartz Center, what sort of services we provide, and to also run uh, fundraising events uh, that we do for the Schwartz Center to try to raise money to close the financial gap between what we get reimbursed from insurances and uh, state and federal funding, and uh, what the actual cost of services is. There's definitely a gap, and my job is to try to close that gap.
1: Okay, let's, let's tell our listening audience exactly what does the Schwartz Center do? I know you have a, a variety of programs. Yes. But your, your goal is to help children in need.
2: Correct. correct. Uh, we were established uh, quite some time ago in 1947 by a parent named Agnes Raposa. Her sixth child was actually born with cerebral palsy. And in 1947, believe it or not, none, no services existed here for a child like hers. She mm. had to take them all the way to Boston for services. So she dedicated her life to essentially establishing a center that would be able to educate and also take care of the complex medical needs of her child. We've expanded quite a bit. We now offer everything from a um, full-time, year-round school, uh, K through 12, and we also offer early intervention services for children from birth to three years old. Most of those services are provided in the homes. We provide support both for the child and the parents.
1: I didn't realize that.
2: We do, and that's about 650 children that we, uh, we service per year around the community in the South Coast area. Our services uh, span all the way from the Attleboro area down to the Cape. We even have some uh, children that come from the islands for specific services. Mm. But um, our school, our our full-time school, is um, essentially like any other public school. We're open at 8 a.m. and uh, children stay with us until about 2.30 in the afternoon. We also have an after-school program. But the uh, special part about the school is that we provide all of the services that a child with complex medical needs would, uh, would require. We have doctors that come in and see the children in our school. We provide all the therapies integrated into their educational program at the school. Our student to child ratio is very small, and so the children get the attention that they need and the specialized educational services that they need to learn based on their individual ability.
1: Good. Now, I know that most people have heard of the Schwartz Center, and I suspect a lot of people don't really know much about what you do and where you're located. Where is the Schwartz Center located right now?
2: We are uh, currently in Dartmouth, Massachusetts, just minutes from UMass Dartmouth. Uh, It's off of Old Westport Road in a lane called Posa Place. And that was actually uh, named in honor of Agnes Raposa. Her nickname was Posa. Oh, that's nice. It it used to be
1: right on Rockdale Avenue, correct?
2: It was. It was there for many years in a very busy street, as you can imagine, Rockdale Avenue is. We quickly outgrew that location, and uh, we were very fortunate to receive a land donation from Mr. Cy Goldstein, who is currently our neighbor. He he had heard that we were looking to expand the Neal location. Pardon me, the nice, old location. Nice
1: gentleman. I've met him before. He is
2: an incredible supporter, still very much involved. He lives right up the hill from us and will often come down to visit our children.
1: Yep. No, he's a terrific, terrific man. What a nice benefactor. Now, how did the Schwartz Center get its name? I think there was uh, Dr. Isaac Schwartz, who was the original medical director?
2: That's correct. When um, Agnes Raposa first established the Schwartz Center, uh, it was a Cerebral Palsy of Greater New Bedford, and I think there was more to that name. But uh, she partnered with Dr. Isaac Schwartz, who was a pediatrician in the area, who she very much respected, and they both essentially developed the the programs that we currently offer. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, he passed in the 70s, and when he passed, uh, Agnes insisted that the school be renamed the Schwartz Center in his honor.
1: Well, that's nice. So the Schwartz Center is currently located in Dartmouth. And again, it's, is it near the university, you said, near UMass Dartmouth?
2: It is um, just down the street from the university, essentially where the uh, Old Westport Road and Chase Road split, if you're coming from Route mm-hmm. 6. Sure. We're just before that split on the left-hand side.
1: Okay, so good. And um, I, so you have a full-time school. I didn't realize you reached uh, students all the way uh, through grade 12.
2: We do, Uh, we're actually, um, we've got programs all the way uh, to 22, at at age 22 they unfortunately age out of our program but we're licensed to take care of uh, young adults as well.
1: So one of the questions I'd like to ask is what are some of the kinds of issues and some of the kinds of problems that children have who might go into the school program for example?
2: It's a pretty wide range depending on the program. So if they're enrolled in our um, day school, uh, they might have some complex issues that require, uh, for instance, a feeding tube or um, a breathing tube where they have no ability to move or um, communicate verbally. So uh, our job is to educate them, figure out a way to teach them how to communicate in their own way, whether that's through um, some sort of uh, visual device or some sort of touchpad. And we... They, they have the same curriculum that you would expect at a public school system, but we're equipped to address all of those special needs that they have.
1: Mm. You know, Phil, I don't think there's anything more important than taking care of children and educating children and caring for children. And certainly that's especially true for kids who
0: have unusual needs and special needs. Yeah, so right. And to educate these children so that uh, they become productive citizens and communicate, this is magnificent.
2: You know, we often don't realize that um, you know every child has a need to communicate and every child has the right to be educated and to receive the kind of care and therapy that they need. And um, unfortunately, a lot of the public school systems are not equipped to deal with some of the more complex issues that our children have. Um, but aside from complex issues, we also deal with um, all sorts of other Um, special needs, such as um, children on the autism spectrum, and often uh, children that just need that little bit of extra help to get into a public school system, particularly in the early intervention program.
1: I want to ask you a question. I'm I'm going to come back to this again. If somebody wanted to help support the Schwartz Center financially, make a donation, uh, take part in some of your fundraising events, how would they get more information about the Schwartz Center and how to donate, for example?
2: They can donate on our website. It's SchwartzCenter.org or give us a call or uh, they can certainly write us a check and put it in the mail. But um, I highly recommend coming by the Schwartz Center and meeting our children. You can give me a call anytime and schedule that. And uh, How do we reach you? It's 508-996-3391. I'm at extension 425. I'm always help, happy to introduce you to our children and uh, you th- encourage it, actually. They love visitors.
1: And again, we're talking to Beatrice Oliveira, who's the Development and Marketing Manager uh, for the Schwartz Center for Children. I like the little slogan that's on your business card. It says, where love sees no limits. Is that the general mantra, the slogan for the organization? That's certainly
2: what resonates when you walk through the place, both um, with visitors when they come through and see how well they take care of, our staff takes care of um, our children. And, uh, you know, often people will comment, your staff seems so happy. So no matter what is happening around them, whether a child's having a bad day or or they'll have a bad day, it doesn't come through. They're just showing the joy of, um, and our children do inspire us. In fact, often when I'm having a day, like we all have, (laughs) I will get up from my desk and walk around and um, talk to the children. And it changes my perspective in an instant and how I feel about whatever the situation may be.
1: Well, that's interesting. You know, you may not realize, because you probably don't know much about the Masons, but almost every Masonic organization has as its main charity something to do with children. For example, the Shrine, which is a division or an offshoot of Masonry, uh, deals with children with burns and orthopedic issues. The Scottish Rite branch of Masonry uh, handles children who have learning disabilities, uh, not unrelated to what you're doing and even the local lodges support children's uh, needs and children's activities. Maybe there's a way that we could get some Masonic support for what you folks are doing at the Schwartz Center. Maybe we could think of some way to jointly recognize you know, what you're doing.
2: That would be wonderful. I believe that the Dartmouth um, Shriners Group does come to the Schwartz Center during the Christmas season and brings our children toys. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so that's, I didn't even really know nice. that.
1: That's, that's interesting. I don't belong to the local Shrine Club, although um, I'm probably going to join that uh, part of it as well, but Wonderful. that's that's interesting. Now, do you have any uh, fundraising activities coming up in the next few months, for example?
2: We do. Uh, one of the reasons I uh, became involved with it, well, the reason I became involved with the Schwartz Center was actually uh, to run our upcoming fundraiser called Fishing for a Cause.
1: Fishing for a Cause.
2: Fishing for a Cause. It's a two-day fishing tournament uh, that we, like I said, we're in our fifth year. And five years ago, a little over five years ago, I guess, um, a friend had approached me and said, the Schwartz Center is looking for somebody that'll help them run a fundraiser. And my question was, what type of fundraiser? And they said, fishing tournament. And I giggled and like, what do I know about fishing? And uh, you know, she said, just go in and talk to them and, uh, and see what you can do for them. So I did. I took a tour of the Schwartz Center five years ago. And uh, after an hour uh, tour uh, that the director had given me, I was uh, in tears of joy, and I said, how can I help? I don't know anything about fishing, but I want to help. And uh, she said, you don't need to know anything about fishing. We have a great fishing committee already established. We just
3: need you to help us run this.
1: And, uh, so I Ray, did. Ray Jarvis, who's with us this morning. Ray, you're on the fishing committee, I understand.
3: Yes, I am. Um, I participated in the tournament last year for the first time. I have a family member who actually attends the Schwartz Center, and um, I... Learned about the tournament and decided to participate. <clears throat> and actually, last year, I was lucky, luckily, lucky enough Excuse me, to win the striped bass portion of the tournament. <clears throat> and, um, Wait, was
1: it rigged? Was it, was it rigged? It was. That, yeah. That's a fishing but, uh, question. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, a great experience. And, you know, there were a lot of good anglers involved in the tournament. And um, it's a great cause. So... Just having local people involved really helps spread the word about the Schwartz Center.
1: Mm. How is this done? I mean, uh, do people have boats and they bring their boats together? Or is this done commercially or or what?
3: It
2: is a recreational fishing tournament. And uh, it's generally for boaters, uh, although we don't... um, it to anyone who wants to, if they want to stand on the canal and, and cast for striped bass, they're more than welcome to participate. We do have a, a website specific for this event. It's um, fishingforacause.org. You can get that link right on our um, organization's website, but okay. it's uh, the word fishing, the number four, a cause. So fishingforacause.org, and you can find all of the details, including the rules of the event. It's um, for striped bass, bluefish, and fluke. And it's based on um, the length of the fish. It is a catch-and-release um, tournament, okay. particularly for the, the striped bass conservation, which Ray can probably tell you a little bit more about, but we try to be conscientious about that. Because it's a catch-and-release tournament, you can essentially depart from and return to your home port. So you don't have to come to New Bedford for a weigh station. So if you're on the Cape, you can just uh, take off from your home port and return to it and just submit the uh, the winning fish Via a photograph um, to a, a number that we provide.
1: So when does this take place? I think it's in June.
2: It is June 26th and 27th. It's a Friday and Saturday tournament.
4: Okay. You don't
2: have to participate uh, participate both days. You could. Um, it opens up at 12:01 a.m. for those folks that like to fish in the middle of the night, which I, I take it is when the striped bass actually um, feeds. So. That's the reason why we, we decide to, to open it up at 12.01 a.m. And as long as you submit your um, prize fish by 4 p.m. on Saturday, you qualify to win.
1: So it sounds like a lot of fun. Now... Um Have you learned how to fish, Beatrice?
2: I went fishing that very first summer that I participated in this, and I haven't stopped since. I try to go as often as possible, and I absolutely love it.
1: So you can put your own bait on the hooks and everything else?
2: I can tie the knots, put my own bait on the—and I fillet the fish as well.
1: (laughs) I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. Well, this is a fishing community, so this should be something that's uh, very interesting to a lot of people. Now, if somebody's interested in in participating in the tournament, Ray, how would they— how would they sign up? They would just go to the website.
3: Yeah, as uh, Beatrice had mentioned, um, fishing 4 with the number four a cause is where you can register. Okay, and it's it's quite easy. I think it's uh, fifty dollars now. It's
2: um, apologies. It's actually two hundred and fifty dollars, but that includes a ticket to the seaside dinner, which is a, a really spectacular um, event that we do over at Pope's Island under a tent. It's catered. Um, there's uh, live music. There's all sorts of fun for everyone. It's where we do the awards, and that's on Saturday night, June twenty seventh. And I should mention that you don't necessarily need to fish to attend that. There's a separate ticket you can purchase for that. Event so if you don't want to fish, you can still go. Right. We. Um, live Last year we had 390 people at this event, only about um, 90 of those were anglers, everybody else was just there for a great party.
1: So this is a major fundraiser for, for the it Schwartz Center
2: It our, is our signature fundraiser. It connects yeah. us with a lot of folks that um, stay um, as long-term supporters of the mm-hmm. Schwartz Center. We're lucky enough to have um, some incredible sponsors of the event, and uh, I would like to mention particularly our top sponsors sure. who have been with us for quite some time. Sea uh, Street Fast Ferry, that's right in New Bedford. They've been with us since day one. Mm-hmm. They they're one of the major supporters. Also, Clark Distribution um, Corp. They're out of Milford, Massachusetts. They provide a high-end appliances and custom kitchens for um, for custom homes, and. Uh, um, that's, yes. that's
1: nice. Now, when you, when you uh, have the dinner, are there any activities besides the the music and so forth? Like, do you have plastic fish that somebody could take out of a, a little plastic toy fishing rod? You know, like you do bobbing for apples, for example. The
2: first couple of years we did this, we had a family oriented kind of um, barbecue on Saturday. We've moved away from that. It's more of a sort of fancy dinner okay. uh, that folks go to. But um, interestingly enough, somebody actually donated a piranha, stuff oh. a stuffed piranha, wow. <laughs> to the dinner and uh it was part in. of our auction for quite a few years and it was uh it's, it still is probably will come back again this year and people will bid on that just to help the schwartz center it's a joke who's going to get the piranha this year essentially so it's a lot of fun
1: well i'm not sure that i want to put my fingers into that one <laughs> now ray i'm looking at this uh, brochure for uh, fishing for a cause this big fundraiser mm-hmm. and um you can get the tournament rules and registration online at www.fishing4acause.org. But I'm looking at this picture on the upper left-hand corner. That looks suspiciously like you. Is that yeah, your
3: picture? That would be me from last year. That was a 49-inch striped bass. That, that is I a actually,
1: monster fish.
3: Yeah, it's one of the biggest striped bass I've caught in my life. But uh, I'd say it's the second biggest. Well, I, you know, where? I just squeaked out the wind there last year because there were several other big fish caught. I, I believe I won by a half an inch. Ooh. Look at
0: look at this picture, Phil. That's a that's a huge fish. Amazing. I mean, where that's... where did you catch this behemoth?
3: Well, I caught it uh, in the very healthy, bountiful waters of Buzzards Bay.
0: So no, I want the secret. Where?
3: <laughs> well, we'll have to talk about that off the air. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, oh my no, there's uh, a lot of great fishing to be had around Buzzards Bay and the islands. and you know, uh, having this tournament around locally is just, um, you know, a testament to how uh, healthy our waters are and the endless uh, opportunities that are available to all the anglers locally.
2: Mm. I should mention that Ray is actually a marine biologist, so we have that uh, expertise on board, and he also has a journalism degree. So we're lucky enough that he's helping to write some content for our materials associated with fishing. Um, I should also mention that he was not on our committee when he won that last year. So there was no yeah. bias. Okay, so there was, <laughs> yeah, so
1: this there was
2: year. no bias. <laughs> yeah. we, I recruited him. I said, this guy needs to be somehow involved and brought him by for a tour. And that's it. He was hooked.
3: Yeah, once I saw the center, I really wanted to uh, do whatever I could to help out.
0: That's amazing. A lot of
1: great fishing analogies. You know, with a fish that's that big, um, Tenny, Attorney Tenny Lance sitting next to me, um, that fish is almost as tall as you are. And we'd have to have a bigger fish or a bigger wife, I suppose, to handle that, that or,
0: one. Or a bigger
1: pan to fry it in, yeah. right? Or a bigger man with a bigger hook.
3: I, <laughs> I just want to mention, too, that um, this tournament is catch and release. So yep. it does help to yep. sustain our resources. Thank you. And, you know, though that <laughs> Thank fish was very you. big, uh, it did swim away. So, Well, how do, you, how
1: do you prove the size and the weight of the fish that you caught?
3: Well, they provide us with a uh, measuring board and a name tag. And Mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do when you catch the fish is, you know, lay the fish down on the deck of the boat or wherever you may be and take a a photo um, from head to tail, kind of giving you a visual of the size of that fish. Mm -hmm. And um, then you contact the tournament director who verifies the catch and puts it into the uh, the leaderboard.
4: And if the fish fish wiggles and is a little bit smaller you don't win that's not fair yeah
3: well you just have to kind of do the best you can you know it's you it a in the game head. of half an inch or so so it's <laughs> up to you to do the best you can
0: what bait did you use to catch this one i
3: used live bait for that one. Well, oh my goodness yeah, it was actually a, a local small bait fish called uh menhaden or sure. poogies as some people sure call them. sure um, but they're great striped bass bait great bluefish bait and um you know they're very good if you can get a hold of those and go to a good spot, you're bound to catch something.
1: So Ray Jarvis is going to give everyone who enters all the secrets of where to catch the best fish.
3: Yes. I'll actually be um, putting some information on the Facebook page for Fishing for a Cause. Okay, I'll be do- doing uh, weekly or, you know, as often as I go fishing, I'll be updating the page with local information on... What the species are doing, mm-hmm. where where they are, where uh, where the best places would be to catch them, and the mm-hmm. best ta- tactics for
0: that. Now, how would folks get a boat? Obviously, you need a boat to well, find the fishing spots.
3: There are uh, several charter captains locally oh. who mm-hmm. charter out for this tournament okay. or just in general. So you know, there's more mm-hmm. than a few people willing to um, do a four-hire. Well, sort of uh, Ray, I can
1: row. <laughs> um, I can take pictures. <laughs> there we go. I, I
2: do want to mention that uh, there are some cash prizes up for grabs for this tournament that are pretty substantial. For the um, striped bass, uh, number one spot, you can win $2,500. And uh, for the blue fish, it's 1500 And the fluke, it's $750. And uh, it, it's definitely... Um, a. a good incentive, although that's not why most people participate in this tournament. We're lucky enough to have people that participate because they really just want to help the Schwartz Center for Children, but uh, for those that want to go and um, get a chance to win some great prizes, uh, there are those available.
1: Sounds like a lot of fun, and it sounds like not only can you have fun, but you would be supporting a great, great cause, the Schwartz Center for Children. They do wonderful things in this community with I can't calculate the years, but I guess it must be around a 65- or 70-year history.
2: Yeah, we're coming up on 70 years very soon.
1: Wow, that's impressive. We're going to come right back after a short break, and we're going to talk further with Beatrice and with Ray, and we're going to speak to uh, Attorney Tenny Lance about some of the things that you can do from a legal perspective to set aside money and protect it for children with special needs. So we'll be right back.
0: welcome back to money wise with ray lance of usa wealth group your financial and retirement guide folks this has been a wonderful show ray uh, as the mission of usa wealth group is to help protect your family and protect your money the schwartz center protects our children in a magnificent way i would say that the schwartz
1: center is probably the premier organization in our community looking after the needs of children who have special problems and special needs. So, do you have many children at the school, for example, who are in uh, wheelchairs, Beatrice?
2: We do have several that are uh, confined to a wheelchair, but we also have children that are ambulatory that may have some other um, developmental delays that we educate and support as well.
1: Okay, this is uh, Beatrice Oliveira who is the Development and Marketing Manager for the Schwartz Center, located in Dartmouth. Uh, one. Poza place what a very nice name for the street
2: it, it is and uh, uh like i mentioned earlier it's named after our founder agnes raposa whose nickname was posa
1: yeah i like that i like that name a lot and um this is such an important organization uh do you ever have open houses or events like that where somebody can come and learn more about what your organization does
2: We don't have an official open house at the moment, but I welcome anyone who's interested in learning more about the center to just give me a call. I'll give you my number. It's 508-996-3391, Med Extension 425. Anytime you want to come by, just uh, give me a call and I will take you through and tell you all about the center.
1: And you have a website also somebody could visit.
2: Yes, uh, schwartzcenter.org is our website.
1: I've always believed that it's important to do something in life more than just support yourself and take care of your own personal needs, that you need to reach out and do something in the community to help others. And if anyone is interested, this is a wonderful organization for helping children who've been born into this world with real problems. They have a disadvantage, um, but they're struggling to learn and to make their lives better. And if you're listening today, you could help their lives make uh, a, a much bigger, bigger difference in their life by supporting this fine organization. We also have Ray Jarvis with us. And Ray, tell us just a little bit about your uh, company, Salt of the Earth. What do you do at Salt of the Earth?
3: Um, Well, I I do a little bit of landscaping, not the traditional sense in mowing lawns and such, but uh, more designing and redesigning existing beds or water features such as koi ponds, um, decorative streams or waterfalls that people may have Mm -hmm. in their gardens. Mm -hmm. Um, I also do some light interior work, things like that. But in general, uh, you know, it's mostly involved in the garden, just kind of updating what you may already have. Uh, My parents own a flower nursery, so I have a lot of experience, you know, around plants growing up, how to maintain them and and such. But um, I've decided to take a step back from my true career as a marine biologist and try something on my own. And uh, this is my start. I've actually just started my business, so I'm Open for business April 1st.
1: Congratulations. I like that so much. name. How does somebody reach you if they want to know more about uh, salt landscaping or koi ponds or anything of that nature? Uh, if
3: you'd like to reach me, my phone number is 401-269-1563, or my website is saltofearth.org. Um, I also, on the side, do um, fishing guide services. Not, not a charter captain, so I don't take you out on my vessel. But I also provide a, a service where I can go out on your vessel, teach you about the local waters, local ecology, and hopefully put you into some fish. Isn't that fascinating? Um,
1: so you're an expert
3: fisherman. Um, You know, not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> I have been fishing for a long time. So, yeah, I have a good huh? understanding of what happens locally in the waters.
1: Probably somebody who is a fisherman would never... Actually, call themselves an expert fisherman because I guess you're always learning, aren't you?
3: Yeah, there. You know, uh, every season I learn something new. Every time I go fishing, I learn something new, and um, it's a great place to learn because you're always learning about what's going on around you—the fish, the plants, the birds. It's um, it's a good place to be. So.
1: And it's exciting that you're part of the uh, committee for the fundraising for the Schwartz Center, fishing for a cause.
3: Yeah, I'm really happy to help out. Uh, As I mentioned, I have a family member who goes to the Schwartz Center. And once I visited the center and really saw what they were all about, um, I really wanted to do whatever I could to help out. You were hooked. I was hooked, so to speak.
1: (laughs) Tenny, let's talk about special needs trust. Let's talk about what do you do as a lawyer in your firm And tell us what the name of your firm is and where you're located.
4: We are Lance Law, Inc., located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, uh, just about across from Vanity Fair and the law school. And uh, we try to help people at all times with their estate planning. Some people we find out are... um, Uh, members of families with children or older people who have special needs, and we want to be certain that uh, they are properly planned for. We just had a uh, situation recently where a client came in, and he was the guardian for his brother, who was well into his 60s, but the brother had special needs. And um, this fellow um, was inheriting some funds and wanted to be certain that they were going to be useful for him. So we were able to put together a special needs trust for him, knowing that in that situation, uh, the special needs trust would be, would have a repayment provision for MassHealth, but nevertheless was going to benefit the brother. Uh, I might mention that there is a new law that has just come into effect both at the federal and the state level which allows for monies to be put aside without any penalties whatsoever, the ABLE Fund. I don't know if Beatrice is familiar with that. Um, it's something that the Congress passed at the end of last year, and it allows people to donate up to $14,000 a year to a fund for a special needs person, and to have that money's not um, be taxed and all those other sorts of evil things. So <laughs> It's, it's a nice provision that's just come online.
1: It might be good for you to uh, talk to people at the Schwartz Center at some point and and uh, help uh, educate them on that subject as well.
2: Absolutely. We'd love to have you.
1: But I guess, Tenny, uh, one of the problems with putting aside money in trust, if if it's a regular revocable living trust for somebody, is that a countable asset so it doesn't uh, protect government benefits, let's say?
4: Yes. If someone who has special needs and is receiving public benefits is the uh, inheritor of monies from a regular trust or just a gift or whatever. Those monies will uh, impact their public benefits in a negative way. They will be potentially taken off those benefits, and nobody wants that to happen. So our usual living trusts that we put together for families provide for the um, possibility that a special needs situation may arise in the future. And therefore, the recipient of of that trust, a beneficiary, if they had special needs, would not receive that money directly, but it would be placed aside in a special needs trust for that person. So there are various ways that special needs trusts can come into being, one of them through the living trust that Mm -hmm. I just mentioned.
1: So you could have special needs language inside of a revocable living trust? Is that what you're saying?
4: That's what we do with all of our trusts. That's right. Because... We don't want any beneficiaries to be uh, made worse by the fact of inheriting something. So we always put special needs provisions into our trusts.
1: But, but there
4: are other kinds of trusts as well that are helpful.
1: But you could also do a, span, a standalone irrevocable trust right now uh, for special needs, correct?
4: Yes. Um, there, are, there are different types of special needs trusts. Um, a parent or a grandparent can establish a special needs trust for a special needs person, and the monies that go into that trust are not necessarily recoverable by the state for any benefits that the state provided.
1: Like Medicaid or Mass Health benefits.
4: Right, exactly. On the other hand, if the person is the recipient of an inheritance and has special needs, They themselves can establish or their guardians can establish a special needs trust that would have recovery provisions. So it just depends on the situation which type of trust we might apply.
1: But I guess the important message ought to be if somebody has uh, a family member uh, who has special needs issues, they should certainly do some kind of planning to make sure there's appropriate legal documents.
4: That is for certain, yes. Okay.
1: Okay. And in that fashion, if somebody has receiving Social Security uh, disability benefits, for example, they could continue to receive those benefits and wouldn't be disqualified if they inherited money because the money would be inherited inside of a special needs trust.
4: Yes, and whether it was inherited directly by the special needs recipient or not would depend upon what type of trust we'd create, yes.
1: Okay. And I know there's something else called a pooled trust you can do. I think that's a little bit different. And uh, that is another way to set up um, uh, documents that would protect benefits. Um, I also know that um, in this community, we've had uh, attorney Dan DiNardis on the show before. I bumped into him recently and told him we're going to be doing a show on special needs issues and special needs trusts. And I said, Dan, I'm going to give you a plug because you were good enough to come on this show before. And attorney Dan Denardis in New Bedford does a lot of work with Social Security disability applications. Typically, that's more for an adult who becomes disabled and they can't work any longer and they apply for Social Security disability. That's a very specialized field. Um, and I, I know, Tenny, that you don't do that particular thing, but you do a lot of work with special needs language. because I think you've seen a lot of people over the years who have children, for example, with special needs.
4: Yes, we have, and as I said, we're very conscious of the fact that we don't want to interrupt those benefits. That would be a really unfortunate thing if if their public SSDI or Medicaid benefits were retracted because of inheritance.
1: Uh, Beatrice uh, from the Schwartz Center, I'd like to come back to you for a minute and ask you, um, I think you said that the educational component of the Schwartz Center, the actual school, is that up until age 22 generally?
2: Yes, um, our, our children are with us or young adults are with us until they turn 22.
1: Okay, and what typically would happen to a child who has special needs, now a young adult, they've reached the age of 22, they can't go any further with their education there, do some of them sometimes perhaps transition to college, for example?
2: I think it depends entirely on the child's situation. Some Mm -hmm. children are only with us for a short time. But generally when children are with us from a very young age to the age 22, they are, uh, depending on what the family uh, chooses, they can either go into a group home environment or um, have services provided within the home for the child where they may, for instance, go to a day program and somebody would take care of them um, or somebody would take care of them in the home.
1: Does the Schwartz Center receive benefits from um, other local municipalities. For example, you said you have children as far as Attleboro, and so presumably they would be bused down. Would that maybe be for a situation where there could be children who can't really be taken care of in the Attleboro school system, and therefore are there uh particular funds from the community yes. that would go towards the schwartz center to help pay for that care
2: yes the school system within the towns or cities will um provide funds like they would provide for any other child going to school um the um, unfortunate part is that we're only allowed to set our rates every six years oh, so wow. we're always behind the the true cost of providing mm-hmm. educational and other services to our children and what what it actually what we actually get reimbursed, and that's part of the reason why we have to do fundraising as well.
1: I don't know a lot about that, but I think that's what is it called Title Five funds or something like that, or am I confusing that? Maybe no, chapter chapter one eleven.
2: That's okay. out of my um, chapter something. That's out the of my knowledge, unfortunately. I'm not yeah, sure what it's called. But, okay. um, but the towns do pay for our children, and it could be either the school's choice to uh, send the child to our school, knowing that they'll be better mm-hmm. served at our school, or the parent can choose to send their, their child to our school.
1: Okay. But what you're saying really is that the amount of money that you might receive as reimbursements from the various local towns and cities isn't sufficient to really carry the operations of the center.
2: That's correct, particularly if a child has some pretty complex medical issues that we need to address. We have a full-time nursing staff. They're there. There's usually at least four on hand um, for issues that might come up, to administer medications, things of that, um, that nature. And we also provide the therapies that the child needs, whether mm. it's occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, any type of therapy that the child may need. We have um, aquatics, uh, hippotherapy, Um, everything that the child would need to be able to um, function and meet their uh, best abilities is provided at our school.
1: Well, there's nothing more important than taking care of children and taking care of kids and educating kids at all. So what are some of the other kinds of fundraising or development things that you do to raise monies uh, for the Schwartz Center?
2: Oh, we do actually uh, a couple of events during the year, one of them being our walk. We're in our 27th year of that. That happens usually in September on a lovely Sunday morning. And I say lovely because the weather always seems to cooperate with us. And I often say that's Posa looking out for us. Um, And that's actually scheduled for uh, Sunday, September 13th. And that essentially is a great way for anyone in the community to participate. It's a friends asking friends kind of campaign. You raise money online, ask your friends to donate to your team. And uh, it's a great way for anyone to participate. They don't have to make a large donation. They could just get their friends to give all sorts of little donations and they'll certainly add up. And it's just a great way to meet our families during that day.
4: Where do you walk?
2: We walk over at Fort Tabor in New Bedford. So it's a beautiful site. We usually have breakfast for everyone and uh, some live music. So it's a fun day for everyone.
1: That sounds like my kind of walk. (laughs) Breakfast. (laughs) And it's a
2: relatively short walk. It's 3.5 miles and you're not compelled to walk the entire thing. Um, In fact, a lot of our our students and former um, students and patients from the the rehabilitation programs will come out and walk it. It's uh, fun. It's inclusive of everyone.
1: You know, I always say that I learn so much more when I have guests on the show uh, because we find out things that we didn't know before. So part of the process is educating me and part of it's educating the community. Uh, this show is brought to you every week, by the way, by USA Wealth Group, and our job is to show people how to protect their family, number one, which is what this show is about, and secondly, how to protect their money. And if anybody is interested, give our office a call, 508-998-8858. Tenny, we didn't talk about how somebody could reach you if they have interest in the special needs trust area.
4: Well, I'd be happy to speak with anyone. Our phone number at the office is 508 508- nine nine eight 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 zero zero and i believe that um beatrice wanted to speak about some other aspects of the schwartz center the the joining that just happened with yes um
2: it's actually very exciting um just under a year ago july 1st uh, 2014 we became uh, one organization with meeting street um, probably many of you know Meeting Street. They have uh, an annual telethon that's all over the news. And I've
1: certainly heard the organization's name many times yes, before. Uh,
2: they're in Providence, um, right off of um, Eddy Street. And uh, much bigger than we are. They are established a, a year before we were. Um, very similar uh, hi- histories. They were established by a teacher and a doctor as well. And um, we're lucky to be a part of that organization. And together we'll be... Uh, taking care of over 4,000 children throughout uh, southeastern New England, so it's exciting.
1: Is this an actual merger, or is it a collaboration, or what is it exactly?
2: We are uh, definitely a part of Meeting Street now. It is a merger. We are one organization now.
1: Okay, so the Schwartz Center is uh, an, an organization that functions in Dartmouth and covers the whole region, But it's also part of the Meeting Street organization.
2: Correct. We're essentially the Massachusetts campus of Meeting Street now. Okay. We still have our own 501c3. We are a nonprofit organization. I should mention that. So um, any donations that come to the Schwartz Center are tax deductible. Tax
1: tax deductible, I I wanted to mention that
2: earlier. But we operate uh, with our own budget. um, So whatever we raise in our community stays in our community. And vice versa, whatever is raised at Meeting Street stays at Meeting Street to provide services there. They have an interesting model for their school. They have an inclusive program, so they educate children with and without special needs. So that's exciting, and it's hoping uh, something that we're hoping to be able to do in our area as well because children excel when they're in with children that um, have special needs and don't. Hmm. And um, it's really about the model of our educational programs that's um, very valuable.
1: That's good. And now you've got an, an uh, expert fisherman on board You know, when I was reading um, the biographical information on you, Ray, and this is Ray Jarvis we're talking with now, uh, who's going to be working on the uh, fishing tournament program, uh, Fish for a Cause, um, I was impressed. And as soon as I finished reading your bio, I said, somebody knows how to write. So you have a writing background, too.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I actually got a journalism degree originally in college. I went to Flagler College down in St. Augustine, Florida. Um, And... I did some writing after college. I wrote for On the Water as a uh, local angler doing monthly reports on Buzzard's Bay and the islands. And uh, since then, I, you know, I've really tried to pursue my love of the ocean and my love of fish. So I, I changed tactics a bit and uh, started going after the fisheries biology industry. Um, I worked as a contractor for the Division of Marine Fisheries for Massachusetts and uh, also for UMass, um, the S- School for Marine Science and Technology.
1: And do you do, um, do, you do any writing for pleasure?
3: Um, I really haven't recently. I've contemplated and have at points started to write my own small book on local angling tactics, things like that. Um, but it's you know a work in progress and something I'm really hesitant to put out there just because it's personal information, really.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. After the show, I'm going to give you an idea for a book that I think you should write because you clearly have writing skills, and uh, I'm going to give you an idea for for 10 cents. Or you can give me a free fishing lesson, and I'll give you an idea <laughs> for how to write this true, book. <laughs> Just show me where the fish are. Yeah, right? I'll
3: show you a few spots, and you can give me a <laughs> book idea. And, and
1: Phil will do the rest. <laughs> Well, we've learned a lot this morning. Uh, Beatrice, you want to say something else about the Schwartz Center?
2: Um, I want to add that we, we do have an amazing committee for this fundraiser, and it's a lot of um, folks that have participated in the tournament in the past. But uh, you know, our co-director for this event is Craig Kaufman, who's been with us from, since day one. He's also another avid outdoorsman and fisherman. We have um, a local doctor, a former uh, emergency room pediatrician, and she is an incredible uh, Angler as well, and involved in our committee with her husband. Uh, we also have uh, folks that were sponsors and wanted to help out in other ways. They're connecting us with um, with people that want to fund this uh, fundraiser, which is another great way to support us. So we have an incredibly active um, active committee that is very hands-on, rolls up their sleeve, and, and helps out. So if anyone wants to support the center, there are other ways besides donating. You can advocate or you can volunteer with us on one of our committees. Um, and I just want to one more time mention the sponsors that have been extremely um, generous to the Schwartz Center and as have sponsored year after year, uh, Streak being one of them, Clark Distribution. This year for the first time, Eastern Bank is uh, sponsoring us on a major level. So really happy to have the support from the corporate community that understands the value of giving back to the community that they serve. So we're very mm-hmm. lucky in that aspect.
1: Well, we thank all of those sponsors. And, you know, this Fishing for a Cause event, it sounds like it's a lot of fun, but it sounds like it's a really serious event. Sounds like you've got some serious people involved in this.
2: We really do. It's ah, competitive, ah. but it's friendly competition. Uh, definitely everyone wants to to bring in that uh, that number one uh, fish and some great custom glass trophies that are up for grabs. And it's just a lot of fun, but it, it's competitive in a very friendly way.
1: Does Does anybody ever tell you, I was about to release the fish back, but he died in my arm, so I brought him home to eat.
2: <laughs> we actually had one person um, tell us it was a gigantic fish and just wouldn't swim away, no matter how much they, they tried to get him <laughs> to swim away. <laughs> and because even though it's a catch and release tournament, you, you certainly have the option, as long as it's within le- legal limits, to bring the fish home and I you feed your family. I want to know about
0: the one that got away. Was it this big? <laughs> Come on, we Ray, all have was that it story. Big and we'll it look got bigger away. Than that. Huh? We'll bigger than that. <laughs> About as tall as you. <laughs> <laughs> and it got away. Yep. What pound test did you use, by the way?
3: Uh, that was actually on 30-pound test line. My gosh. And
0: how much did this guy weigh, or did you weigh
3: him? I oh. uh, actually didn't get to weigh that fish, but it was... It's incredible. There's actually a sizing chart that you can go by. So at 49 inches, I believe that fish was between 48 and 54 pounds. That's wow. an wow.
0: incredible skill you have. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's
1: very impressive, I have to say. Oh, yes. Well... Um, I I don't have any burning desire to become a fisherman again, but it sounds like the event would be a lot of fun.
0: Maybe I'd be one of the people who would go and just have the meal afterwards.
3: (laughs) The dinner is a lot of fun.
0: I think uh, listeners ought to become fishers of children through this.
2: Absolutely. And I do encourage you to to just check out the information about this um, seaside dinner. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, we put a tent up over at Pope's Island. It's always a luckily knock on wood here the weather always cooperates with us but it overlooks the water it's a beautiful setting and it's catered peppers fine catering does the the catering for us and uh, it's just a whole lot of fun
1: i wonder if there's honor amongst fishermen the way there's honor amongst golfers you know you keep yeah. your own score you measure your own fish i mean it's really a test of one's uh, personal honor isn't it that you have that to be fits. honest about yeah, how you're measuring your fish
3: It definitely comes into play but I you know it comes back to the fact that it's for a good cause so it's friendly competition and we're not really you know nobody's trying to cheat or anything like that so That's it's, right. it's for the center you know it is a competition but it's it's all for a good cause.
1: Well ladies and gentlemen if you're interested in uh, more information about fishing for a cause uh, get in touch with uh, fishing do, on the website fishing the number four, ACAUSE.org, and get more information. Or call uh, Beatrice Oliveira, who is the Development and Marketing Manager for the Schwartz Center, and you can reach her at 508-996-3391. Most importantly, try to think about doing something to help children in our community. If you're blessed and you have children who are healthy and going through a normal school program, Count yourself blessed, but do something wonderful to help this terrific organization as well. And Tenny, um, I know you've been uh, fortunate to be able to help a lot of people over the years who have special needs issues. I know you've seen a lot of people. So if somebody has a question or would like more information about how to set up their financial situation properly, how do they get in touch with you?
4: Please call us at 508-998-8800. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, thank you, Tenny, for being here this morning and talking about a little bit of the legal side of this. Beatrice, thank you for being here and educating us more about the Schwartz Center. Thank you, Ray. anybody listening today is going to know a lot more about the Schwartz Center than they did before. And uh, Ray Jarvis, thank you for being here and educating us about the uh, fishing uh, industry and, uh, well, not the industry, but fishing for a personal reason and certainly fishing for a cause.
3: Thanks for having me, Ray.
1: And I'm going to give you a concept to help you write your book about fishing.
3: Looking forward to
1: it. But thank you ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Do something wonderful for children, it's going to make you feel good as well and thank you so much for listening to
0: Moneywise. We're very grateful for you to tune in every week at this time to the Moneywise radio program and remember, you know, none of us can really be an expert at everything. So let the professionals at USA Wealth Group help you protect your family and protect your money. Let their family protect your family. And until next Sunday morning, have a safe week. So long, everybody.